<laughs> I didn't know it was an account down for us. JP, give me laser sound. I need helicopter sounds. Give me lions roaring, tigers yelling, all of the noises that are from the rumble in the jungle. Because we're live on YouTube and we don't have live music to incorporate it. So sorry that I had to <laughs> remix our usual intro. Get better, better than it's ever been. Uh, and we are better than we've ever been because now we are here. We're live. We are live. That are clear. I see the hearts that are full and episode count in the triple digits. Dang. Welcome to the 100th episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast live on YouTube. Fuck it, we'll do it we live. Here. We're doing it live. Yeah. Seems like what just yesterday played. when we started. It does. It really does. And what I, a historic occasion. Honored to be here with you two. Our names are written on the screen. Benny, <laughs> Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Weehage famously once said it was a podcast for your ears and not for your eyes. And tonight and You guys both. have proven me wrong. It took us 100 episodes <laughs> and we are here. I should still introduce you to find please do it gentlemen anyway uh i'm terry horseman uh back in minneapolis last about 47 hours in portland uh sleeping on a pull-out couch that about six feet behind uh, jp <laughs> yeah it's we've said it before on the show it's a comfy pull-out man it's pretty nice yeah. it's and pull-out game is strong yeah yeah that man with the basement couch with the strong pull-out game is jp bertram in portland <laughs> wait, wait. The host with the most. <laughs> Celebrating. I know how good that, that game is. I was going to say, I have three Father's kids Day. for Father's Day. <laughs> right. Well, you won't have to worry about that anymore as you have, a, uh, I think, a procedure to fix that kind of yeah. issue lined up in, in yep. the near future. Yeah. How, Which is why we're what? going on a bit of a sabbatical. That's true. Have we announced that live? No. No. Okay, well, we just... Well, surprise. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Belligerent beef summer hiatus. Um, it won't even be that long of a sabbatical, y'all. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be back uh, end of July, some, sometime in July. Definitely after July 17th, though. That's the stipulation in my contract. Um, yeah. But yeah. Unless there's some friend... crazy news that occurs uh, in between that we need an emergency pod part two for. Pac-12 yeah, and Apple may up. strike a deal, or they probably won't, but they could. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. Manchester City, Manchester United, Arsenal, and Chelsea are all joining the Pac-12 with the new mega streaming rights. And it's going to be – we're just we're spanning continents. Uh, we're spanning iterations of football. Uh, the sky's the limit in this digital day and age. But I also want to hear from – from the father of the pod himself, the pod father. I feel like that's kind of a common nickname in podcast Ooh, is it? culture, but you can be our pod. Ah. Uh, JP, how was your father's day? Uh, it was good. Um, I did nothing, to be honest. We there are headed go. out of town. We're going to California for a while, headed out into the mountains. And so 
Um, the one thing we haven't done in the last like three days is buy groceries because we're just trying to use up like what we have before we leave. I, I and, noticed that as a house yeah. guest <laughs> this past two days. <laughs> yep. Normally yeah, there's but, much but, more of a fridge to raid. <laughs> yeah. And the problem really arose this morning when we had no coffee. So I woke up, Ooh. I got to sleep in till eight 50, which was incredible. And then I went and walked to the coffee shop, got, uh, got some donuts down the street as well. So all started amazing. Uh, I would say the, the only, the only thing that went awry was me trying to be nice and, and not just noise, but actually nice. And we went to uh, TCO Leary's. So shout out TCO Leary's on Northeast Alberta. We went there for a, a quick pint uh, and a little snack with, with the kids. And as my wife was sprinting into the uh, pub because the clouds just started unloading on us with rain, I was trying to hold the door behind me. So I stuck my hand up real quick and I somehow like hit my middle finger on like this metal bar that like is across the front of the door, but it had like a sharp corner and it literally like took a, took a chunk out of the top of my finger. So I sat, I sat in the pub like this the whole time. Like I was making shadow puppets, like trying to hold my finger together. Jesus. Yeah. Dude, Thought you about need getting like, whiskey. You need like steel toed gloves. My yeah. fingers, man. You'd need to be like Bubble Boy, but just for your hands. Bubble, <laughs> bubble, bubble hands. gloves. <laughs> yeah, that's quite the add it to the list of uh, finger tragedies. Oh, I keep getting them. How long ago was that? Last Thanksgiving or two Thanksgivings ago? That was two, two, that was two. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you're I, I wore my bubble gloves this last Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what type of contraption you're talking about. It's called a mandolin. Yeah. But you know, like, I've told that story a couple of times. So for those of you that don't know, JP sliced half of his finger off using a mandolin on Thanksgiving, two Thanksgivings ago. And mm -hmm. I've told that story a couple of times to just like random other friends since. And every time I bring up the mandolin, they like squint in just imagining the pain. Yeah. Pure agony. Be. Yeah, that dude, inflicting pain with his storytelling on the mandolin, inflicting pain on JP is, of course, Benny Weehage in Tacoma, frickin' Washington. Benjamin Ashton Weehage, Benny with the good quaff, Benny Bedlam, because as we've noted, he is fucking crazy, folks. <laughs> Benny, you you hey. are not a dad. No, yet. Uh, but nope. did you do did you do anything special for Father's Day today? Did you hang out with Papa Joe? Is Papa Joe still wearing his Santa costume from the Civil War game? <laughs> yeah, like he, yeah, he he'll be wearing it until the Beavers lose to the to the team <laughs> uh, again. Okay. Well, uh, he might get a little never sneaky. Take it off, then. Yeah, that's okay. He can live right. In yeah. Um, no, I woke up after eight thirty, but that's not sleeping in for me what what time do you normally wake up as uh as a dad jp uh, uh 7 7 15 that's usually like every day that oh. goes through the upstairs of jp's house at about 6 45 in the morning yeah uh, but <laughs> it's you know it's at least rhythmic so it can help you know rock you back to sleep if you will <laughs> i will say what the 
time that I spent uh, the night over at JP's, uh, which you were there too. So I actually didn't get the luxury of, of spending the night on that pullout couch, but he did a very nice job of, of keeping his kids out of the basement. So we got to sleep in a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. two years I later, just threatened them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't go anywhere Dad, near your uncles. The... They're dangerous people. <laughs> yeah. Dad tip number one of this episode 100 on Father's Day is <laughs> scare your children, children into submission. <laughs> Can't even edit that out because we're live on YouTube. Yeah, no, they don't have to edit that out. That's just what what you do. Right, right. Yeah. Well, Terry, how was your Father's Day? You you were here. I you were here, here uh, this morning. I had a, I was there at some time. Yeah, and I had a great time at a good friend of the pod Jacob Bodie's wedding last night. I uh, was I was there with super secret producer Skinder. Uh, in Southeast Portland, had a blast. The Bodies mm. throw a great party, as I'm sure you two rem- remember Bodie from, from college. Um, ended up closing uh, the bars with Super Secret Producer Iskinder. And of course, in <laughs> Portland, uh, a proper American drinking town, that means 2.30 a.m. instead of 2 a.m. Uh, so we <laughs> get back to JP's. And I was not in bed until, you know, it, it, 3 a.m. experiencing the wonderful magic of the pullout couch and f- falling asleep and my alarm uh, going off until, you know, like four hours and 45 minutes after that, maybe five hours uh, after that. But <laughs> so it was a great trip to Portland. And we were talking before the pod started recording, uh, got off on, you know, a uh, not a rocky start, uh, but a confusing start as I went to uh, the incorrect location for meeting up with JP and and Skins on the first night and ended up just hanging there and drinking there before going. <laughs> Instead, I had the, this is how much of a Midwesterner I am. I JP's working after my plane lands. I'm like, hey, can I just go to Fire on the Mountain without you? And we'll meet up later. And you're like, yeah, I didn't want to hang out with you anyway. I had so much work to do. And I was like, cool. (laughs) So go to Fire on the Mountain, all-time wing joint. And then I know we're going to be at Berlick Brewing by JP's house. And I just punched Berlick into my lift and just go, go check it. Let's go. Don't even check anything. Just get in the car when my guy shows up. And clearly, I had put in the wrong <laughs> Berlick Brewing in a completely different part of Portland. And had enough time, he pulls up, parks on the side of it. I can see this isn't Alberta Avenue or the anywhere near the Alberta Arts District. I could easily have just corrected my mistake and be like, oh, I'm supposed to be at the other one. I made a mistake in the wrong address. But nope, that was too embarrassing for three beers and 12 wings deep at three o'clock terry i just go (laughs) thanks man get out of the car and intentionally get a beer at the wrong brewery and then 45 minutes later call uh, another lyft driver pray it's not the same dude it wasn't but my itinerary still says i'd like to go from barelick to barelick so i step and he goes you terry i'm like yeah he's like 
looks like you went to the wrong bear lick. And I was like, yep. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> so I had one nice. extra. I ended up drinking the same number of beers and I saw JP and Skinder at the same time I would have. So no harm, no foul. Just, you know, a, a long and winding route. I took the scenic route to JP's house in Portland. <laughs> a, be- a beautiful city, a great place to take a scenic route in. Yeah. We're- well, <laughs> so Bodie's wedding was good. Where, where was it? Was Southeast. It was at Southeast. Red Event Space. It was like Ninth and Morrison or something. Oh, okay. The nice. after so was party was at it was at White Owl Social Club. Hmm. I don't the know. The Grand Central. It's called Grand Central, right? The boat, like the big bar oh, yeah. bowling alley. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. There's a massive fly in my apartment. Or my office. You don't have an apartment anymore. <laughs> I don't. I How don't. much did you drink this weekend? <laughs> the first time we actually have our cameras on, a goddamn moth flies in front of my face. Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Man, I was so tempted to play After Party after party by Young Rome uh, as a five second, but we can't, we can't we do can. it. So just imagine. You can. And if you don't know that song, look it up right now and just play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it's uh, by Grand Central Lanes and uh, Stassi's uh, an establishment. We were nice. the younger versions of us were well familiar with, and some <laughs> older. Well, um, great. I don't yeah. recall. Yeah, <laughs> that's Grand, that's pretty, Grand pretty Central is cool, man. I, I uh, that's really close to where I went to high school, and I remember going there back in the day, and um, it was awesome. So I'm glad it's still yeah. around, for sure. Sassy's, uh, but yeah. I mean, Grand Central. Yeah. The after the after high school special. Pretty much everything was was still there, um, but also yeah, ran into a bunch of a uh, bunch of former uh, Oregon State Pie Caps, uh, Caleb Rath, Colin Bordon, Connor Bud, Cody Cody Applegate. Uh, as you know, a little after our time, uh, one dude who knew me and I, I had the first time ever someone was like, "Hey Terry," and I'm like, "Suck." Uh, sorry man i i don't hear in my life um but some uh shouts to caleb too um he was uh says like yeah i been i just realized you guys had a podcast but i'm getting into it so i don't know if you're watching caleb i told hey. i told him i told him about the live on youtube um and he's uh he's doing something with hops something with beer something in yakima so we'll probably have to have him on and talk about his expertise for some beer nice. segments and that can segue us into the beer segment. All right. Uh, JP, yeah. is there any beer in your house? Or was you, did your whole family try and go through all of that too? <laughs> Two-year-old copy. Uh, I got my kids. I got my kids draining in the fridge. <laughs> shotgunning great notion blueberry muffins. Uh, no, there's beers, there's beers in my house. And I don't think I've had this one on here, but I, I wanted to get it because I was feeling a little sentimental and when I first moved back to to Portland uh, in 2017, I was very eager to like rediscover the beer scene. Uh, now with you know much more disposable income than I had the last time that I had lived up this way, so I went to the local QFC quite often, and one and they had a growler fill station, which was super sick. Like That's I was cool. like. This is the most Portland thing I've ever seen. Like in the grocery store, you can like buy a growler and fill it up. <laughs> but 
the one beer I had that I was like, all right, I'm 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 into this, uh, and it kind of set me down the path, and so I I wanted to have this one to commemorate uh, us hitting this milestone because this beer led me on my milestones uh, that I, I ended up getting to with my untapped uh, check-in count. But it started <laughs> all with the Freem IPA. Ooh, that's a cool can. That's a has is, the can yeah. changed? Um, <laughs> no, the can's been the same, but for a while you nice. couldn't find it in cans. So when I first started really appreciating uh... this beer, it was like, only at bars, only at the brewery in Hood River, or only uh, at your local QFC's Growler <laughs> Fill Station. <laughs> hold hold up the front of the can one more time. Oh, it's like my kid has a hat of this logo on it, and no one understands that it's like a it's, brewery it's a cool hat. Logo. It's like film noir, Smokey the Bear. Yeah, like yeah, he's in- a bit show up as like a private investigator in the 40s black and white he kind of looks like he could be cousins with our uh, baby yeah only you only you you can prevent force fires look at him next to our baby's beaver he looks i know uh, yeah he's like he's he's the one who's about to drive the baby's beaver home (laughs) yeah yeah he's the craft brew beaver and ours is the 14 (laughs) deep Natty light beaver. Yeah. He's wearing a fedora for God's sake. Of course he's going to drive you home. (laughs) And he's not in a ska band. So, you know, he's cool. You can't be too (laughs) drunk in a fedora. Obviously that's just the rule. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, JP, what would you say is more prolific? Your untapped profile or your Peloton profile? Oh man. It depends. Depends what your hobbies are. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my my hobby crossover of beer and peloton is probably uh, it's not shared you alive many. essentially yeah <laughs> yeah oh i'm yeah. sure it is it's all about balance so, <laughs> the hashtag beers after tag on the peloton app is a uh, rich community of uh beer and fitness enthusiasts <clears throat> yeah but i think it's i think there's more history with your untapped profile so i'm guessing how far back does that go work. my untapped oh, profile yeah. Oh nine. Well, no, I I think I got it in twelve, uh, and then I stopped using it for like four years uh, until mm-hmm. we moved up here in northeast. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Go. Maybe five right. years. Yeah. Okay. I had like nice. three beer check-ins at that point. Well, how many <laughs> beer check-ins have you had now, and how many Peloton rides have you done? Oh, that's, that's really real actually a worthy question. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> I'll try it. I've had 1895. Good year, 1895. Yeah. Great year. Uh, 1895. Yeah. Well, no, is it 94, five and 94? Whatever. This was maybe the year after uh, old Haas Radburn uh, had his epic season. No, that was uh, 84. 50, the oh. name of the book is 59 and 84. All right. Well, oh. it, guess what? It's 11 years after, and it's still a great year. <laughs> The 11-year anniversary of the old Haas Radburn 59th win, which led to a great Twitter account. <laughs> who, who I think has been hacked, has been hacked and is no longer really uh, oh, yeah. for the original owner. So 1895 beers. And then on Peloton, I've had, uh, uh, well, I've had 1,932 workouts, but of, of rides, 1,253. Mm. So it's like a, one point 
mono four beer to ride ratio. Yeah. I'm glad you you took the time to get that math exactly right. I think our listeners would be lost without that information. We love math, baby. We do. We are a math math forward podcast. Uh, Benny. Benny L. Yeah. I'm, uh, I am drinking that uh, San Juan cherry flavor again. Uh, it it is legitimately very delicious, which is why I'm having it again. New, and new sponsor I, of the pod, San Juan Seltzer. Yeah, apparently. Whoa. Yeah, Ninkasi blew their Congrats chance. To them. Ninkasi yeah. really did blow their chance, dude. I almost that, got Ninkasi that, for tonight, just out of spite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? We should have put Ninkasi on the crawl. Uh, we haven't mentioned this yet. Um, you've probably oh, figured yeah. it out by now if you're watching. A uh, hundred thanks for hundred episodes. Uh, we thanked a uh, hundred ish people, places, entities, monsters, uh, f- faceless social media accounts, breweries, etc. Um, that will all be scrolling through uh, the bottom. Uh, famously, Ninkasi is not one of them, as they didn't respond to Benny's several. We <laughs> missed your chance. Early in, like the first six episodes of Legion Beast podcast, Benny had an Ninkasi every single time. But you know, you can't, you can't make them make the right decision. It's like parenting, JP. Right? You just gotta gotta hope, and then if they still don't do what you want them to do after threatening them, then you kind of just walk away. So no, then you still chop them. <laughs> Yeah, and now we're dangerously close to threatening an entire brewing company live on YouTube. So I'm going to move us forward. Benny, the, the San Juan. What the San Juan. The strawberry? Uh, Rainier Straight cherry. from the islands. Rainier Straight cherry. from the islands. It is, uh, yeah, it's the best seltzer I've had, man. It's very good. Um, I also did have uh, a joint at like, it was like 5.30, but... Um, but that's I was, that's still buzzing around in my head as well right now. I was that's thinking, neither here nor there. I was thinking to myself, if you're going to pull out your uh, stick lighter and just rip a joint without oh, without no. warning live on YouTube. <laughs> Truth be told, I have uh, I have stopped smoking during the week. Uh, surprise, surprise! I am way more productive at work the last two weeks. But wait, it's sudden. Also, I think that's no, just I know that. Mind. Right. Um, so what I'm saying is on the weekends when I do smoke, I get way more stone than what I normally do. And it lasts for way longer than what it normally does. So I thought it was in the clear. Um, which which explains how hard you laughed in uh, pre-production when we lost JP for a minute because he went full robo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it be before like episode 29 or something back then. Uh, I think we have it on uh, video. JP, you might need to add that uh, bit of the audio to a later blooper reel or something. <laughs> In our um, Patreon. Yeah, but okay, so you you are uh, enjoying a cherry seltzer is the moral of that. Yeah, story. I wouldn't say I'm really high. I'm just, um, yeah. It's, pretty uh, high. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty high, and I I'm am chill. enjoying a cherry seltzer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On a level of really to pretty, I'm definitely more on the pretty side. Um, nice. You're you always, are quite pretty. You're always pretty. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. yeah. As, as, Tom, as Tom Segura would say, you're, you fizzing, baby. You straight fizzing. <laughs> this is exactly what I thought about the number of ways I could go with my beer tonight, but I wanted to keep it classic. I think this is a beer I've had more than any other beer on this podcast. Um, 
I also uh, love it. Uh, my words that end with M, I prefer if there are two of them um, in multiple ways. Mm. And in this case, oh. hams, baby. I get that. And shout Ooh. out to you, baby. Ooh. Ooh, that's how you do You can't spell hams without Sam. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You can't spell hams without Sam. Um, so, yeah, I was like, I have like, I think 26 of these in my fridge right now. So I was like, let's use a couple of them on the podcast. So you could have brought some to uh, my fridge. Thanks a lot. I'm a real, <laughs> I, I, I could have, I'm, I'm sorry. I would have had to check my bag though. So, you know, but yeah, felt it was only right appropriate, uh, to bring on my favorite American macro brew. Um, so let's have a, a toast. We're not even 25 minutes yet. We are flying through the normal glacial paste <laughs> early part of the programming. That is a good um, way of putting it. Cheers to you guys. Cheers to the listeners. Everyone watching uh, right now, it says there are 10 million of you. That is incredible. Uh, I can't believe it, but I totally can. Uh, here's to the next 100. Slancha, everybody. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Congrats. What an accomplishment. What an accomplishment. I was I was trying to think about this. If we did the math, because we love math, we have 100 episodes. Each one's an averaging, what, like a, an hour 20? If you listen to it straight from start to finish at this point, well, including this episode, let's say it's a, this episode's a, a little over an hour, where would we be when it's over? Uh, it would be like Saturday. So 120 hours. Oh, damn. More, it's, yeah. yeah. You can All listen right, to yeah. it. I'm, you can listen to it to your entire family road trip, JP. But start at the beginning yeah. because as we tell to everyone, it is a narrative podcast. You it don't want to lose crucial parts of the story. You can't just start at episode 100 if you haven't listened to episode three. <laughs> you, got, you got to go back. <laughs> Especially you guys since think- episode five was when we essentially said "fuck you, Larry Scott," and I still think to this day that was our best episode. Not because we that got was, it worse, yeah. but and, we just had the perfect well. reaction. <laughs> it, yeah, for no uh, to anyone here, it's you know it ages better and better every day. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Right. Um, well, we should get into a bit of business here. I think we're going to try to keep this one at about uh an hour um but i do think you know we have uh, completed an entire academic year of oregon state sports congratulations again to all oregon state uh student athletes and thank you for the countless incredible moments uh we got to enjoy um due to your hard work since this past fall um and we're looking ahead to 2023 2024 obviously a lot of eyes are on football, and you know what? Every morning I wake up, before I put on my makeup, whether I <laughs> just closed port- prestigious age-old Portland dive bars and I only got four hours of sleep, I still look out the window, and I see the Jonathan Smite bat signal in the sky, and I do my best DJ Khaled impression, and I go, another one. And I don't ask JP to play five seconds of any <laughs> DJ Khaled song because we can't do that live on YouTube. Maybe for the 200th episode, we'll figure out how to do that live. 
Um, but <laughs> uh, well, probably more good news. More good news that for big picture football stuff. Uh, the 2024 class uh, is ever growing. Uh, no, that's the 2024 emphasis on that. This isn't news for this season. Uh, but uh, three-star athlete Andrew Brinson the fourth joins mm. uh, the the growing list of uh athletes coming to uh oregon state to play in the orange and black and play for jonathan smith louisville wisconsin other big that i think had red in their color scheme offering offering this kid so it's an it's another good get and just reading about him i, I know we still don't know what position he's gonna play and it's gonna be another calendar year before he's even in camp <laughs> uh in corvallis but just got me excited. Excited. I'd never, I'd try to never wish the summer away, but fall is the best time of the year. And now there's just, there's no big, you know, hurdles, big roadblocks of things uh, taking up Oregon State fans' uh, attention before that, uh, that first game against San Jose State on September 3rd. Go ahead, Benny. You can start. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, there hasn't been, a a football season that I've been more excited for than this one I think ever as um as being a Beaver fan uh it so one thing that I saw the other day that got me even more excited was seeing um with Big West Sports so not like a major publication but they know what they're talking about and came out with uh the top 12 offensive linemen in the Pac-12 this year uh, preseason or their list and four of them were Oregon State Beavers and so like we know about the quarterback position right and how good it's going to be we know about the running backs we know about the wide receiver room those are the ones that we talk about tight end we don't really talk a whole lot about the offensive line and the offensive line was considered one of the best in the country last year and uh, nearly everyone's coming back so um it's just like with, I'm finding with some good new guys coming in too Right, right, right. So, um, I mean, like, you, you lose a little bit on the defensive side. You lose quite a bit on the defensive side. But, um, like, I, I just don't know. I, I think that this year is really lining up. The schedule is somewhat favorable, especially compared to last year. Um, and we ta- we've been talking about it a lot lately, but it, it definitely goes without saying that uh atmosphere that's going to be at Reeser. Um you could not have picked a better time for the new stadium to be um you know opened up for us and and see what the new home of uh of the Beaver football fam is going to be. It's just gonna be a really, really special time to be a fan of that specific program. Um and uh I'm I'm definitely going to enjoy the ride. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, one thing I wanted to note about Brinson especially, well, one, how, I mean, life goals, dad goals, it's Father's Day, you got to have a fourth. I mean, like, if you're, if you're going to be, if you're going to be naming your children yeah. after you, like, you got to keep it going and get to at least four. And like, because yeah. the IV uh, yeah. uh, Roman numeral is sick. It, 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 right. It's a good look. And like. If you can get that's to just when the they v. get, but numerals get real Roman. Like other before that, it's just a bunch of eyes. Like you yep. need yeah. to get the V in there so people know. Yeah, when you get to the V, 
it's it's official at that point. It, it is a dope name that's carried on from generation to generation. So I got to say big props to Andrew Brinson, the first, the second, and the third. Yeah. Uh, hey, shout out. <laughs> Thanks, Brian Miller, by the, the way, uh, for the comment, making it to 100. Uh, made his weekend. Appreciate you, man. Um, appreciate that, Brian. We still need to try some yeah, of that thanks, beer, Brian. Brian. I know that's on us, but one of these yeah, days. yeah, that's our fault. That is our fault. Um, <laughs> but like, well, I got, I gotta say, it, it is great to see somebody like Brinson come in. I love you know Blue Adams. Shout out, Coach Coach Adams. I mean, he's uh, doing an incredible job filling right now what went from like our one of our strengths now to one of our vulnerabilities, uh, especially. Uh, as it, more guys continue to age out of the program, um, and I and I'm excited for a, a kid like Brinson to come in and, and be one of those top guys. I think it's going to be a name that we're going to remember for a long time. That's going to make a, a massive impact at Oregon State. Uh, you know, he he took an official um, last this last weekend and committed uh, like in person, which was really cool. He does have a scheduled visit for Purdue coming up this coming weekend. Uh, I hope he doesn't go the same path as uh, that, that one um, CSM player did uh, who had committed and then flipped uh, four days later. I won't name names, but it's happened previously. (laughs) Um, Yeah. We got, we better tell Travis Miller who's on the crawl. uh, Purdue SB name to, you know, stop it. Stop messing with our right. commits. Knock it off. Boilermakers. Yeah. Benny and I had a great time in West Lafayette. We didn't make enemies yeah. on that trip, but we will come there and make some enemies if you keep flipping commits. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what I love is I know a lot of players do this, but I just still love seeing a guy who plays like both sides of the ball or like had played the other side of the ball, especially when they flip the defense. I think offense in high school gets so much shine that a lot of players are reluctantly on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, Brinson played wide receiver uh, this last year. So even though he's coming in, he was an athlete, he's coming in as a, as a defensive back. Um, he, he played wide receiver. He did pretty well, like nine touchdowns, almost 700 yards his junior year, I think it was. So, uh, you know, you, you have a better understanding of what kind of play calling might be coming your way. Um, and, and what kind of routes these guys might be running on you. So that's going to be big, of course. And again, it's not a- abnormal by any means, but you really do like to see that. I think the, uh, another thing to add on here is, uh, and, and our, our guy Marcus Wheaton might agree, but, um, Brinson also ran track, I believe. So, uh, he's got that speed and that burst that you can only get from training with track and field. And uh, it'll that'll pay dividends as well. So I think this is a great signing by Smith and Adams. And I'm excited to, to see how this class rounds out because like it just feels like every single time there's a, a damn right tweet now, like the excitement level is sky high yep. every time. And it didn't all it wasn't always that way for the for the tweet or for Oregon State announcing yeah. a new commit. And it just compounds on itself every single time. And so I think that, uh, yeah, we're we're just continuing to ride that uh, roller coaster up, up, and up, uh, which uh, was going to lead to some really, really fun seasons in the, in the next couple of years at the at the 
longest term. For sure. I, yeah, and I think, too, uh, that, um, like, if you look at last year, we all knew how big of a feat that was uh, for Smith to get the program from where it was to to where it is now. But I think nationally, we've talked about this just with the Beaver bias, um, they probably didn't get as much attention as what they deserved and certainly sort of what were in the echo chamber of Oregon State. Um, so I think it was probably a little bit quieter than what we even realized. I think that changes this year um, if, you know, things go the way that we think they they may. Um, and I, I just wonder how much that's going to change recruiting because Smith and his team have have shown and proven that they are good recruiters by getting the kids that want to be in his program. Um, and, you know, obviously success makes that job even easier um, or it makes it a little bit easier, I should say. And uh, so it will be interesting to see that momentum to continue down the road. For sure. And on maybe not quite the negative side, but more just the page turning side and a new opportunity side of things, if, if you will. A former recruit, not to pour salt in any wounds, Benny, but your, your guy, undisputably your guy, John Dunmore Jr., we talked about this last week, uh, is in the portal and is moving on from Oregon State. We wished him well. We don't need to belabor that point anymore. JDJ14, gone. Thank you for your service. Wish you best of luck. Since that was undisputably your guy for the last two years, since the first time we asked the question, did somebody say, <laughs> done well? I know this has been a hard time for you, my friend. It has. You don't need to have a final answer for this question now. But who are maybe some of the leading candidates to replace the hole in your heart left by John Dunmore Jr. <laughs> and become the new Benny's guy? Is there anyone that you've been thinking about who can, who can fill that void? Is it just, is, is, is it too early? And I, if it is, I'm sorry, but no, I have a hard hitting podcast with hard hitting content and I have to ask the hard hitting questions. <laughs> it It's, it's gotta be. So, uh, I'm changing the side of the the uh, the ball that that the guy's on. So it's going to be Drew Chatfield. Uh, there just you go. We had we had a great a experience moment. with Drew uh, before the Montana State game. I've never seen um, you so happy. It's yeah, man. And and he his his playing time increased, and um and he was uh one of the players that stood out to me that just consistently got better and better and better as the season progressed. Um, I think if you, if you look on the defensive side of the ball um, to me, it actually looks really good. I think we have a lot of really strong players that are coming back in the right positions. Um, but I also think that there's a tinge of doubt that may be coming from uh, outside of of the Beaver fam, and so I think Drew is the right kind of guy that's that's going to shut that up real quick. Um, and I don't, I have never seen another one of uh, of Drew's videos on Instagram. I've only seen the one, but it was after the Civil War game where he's in the locker room and coming back out to see the fans and going back into the locker room, just saying, "We told them, we told them." 
And just that he has so much fun and gets the rivalry. And, I mean, that's like the the thing that um, I don't know if there could have been a better video made. So he's my guy. Uh, I'll I'll ride with Drew till the end. And good choice. You also were that that was a great moment, obviously, uh, after. Um, again, I believe it was 30, 31, 10, and then 19 running plays uh, in, in a row. Uh, that sounds right. One of the most improbable comebacks and give Oregon one of their most uh, embarrassments in, in program uh, history. Uh, 38-34, again, was that final score. Uh, but then, weeks later, at the Vegas Bowl, you and I in the house, Drew Chatfield, going up against his former team, Florida Gators, out of a conference, right. I believe. Out of this, the sec is that what that's oh, called? One sec. sec, one sec, one sec. Oh, I think. Yeah, oh, I think like they that. just say that it's the, the SEC. That that that's what that's how they refer to it. The SEC. Um, <laughs> and we we beat that team from the SEC thirty to three. A team that Drew Chatfield used to play for, and he got a sack in that's that right. game. Did that's did right. the Gator Chomp, and I think was that's the right. world's most hyped human for about the forty four seconds uh, after <laughs> after that play. <laughs> um, and I think the, the legend of Benny Bame kind of willed that to happen uh, for your guy. But of I course, can live by you know, that. We were excited uh, when he transferred. Uh, we had had heard from uh, you know people. Uh, my boss at the time was a Florida fan. Told me like, yeah, he's got he's got a lot of potential. If he puts it together, he'll be he'll be a real real piece. Uh, and you know, he didn't get to play a ton early on because he was injured. But part of being injured meant. When we were on the field pregame before Montana State, he was on the side of the field hanging with us <laughs> and loved <laughs> Benny's uh, Savage Season shirt. I don't think those shirts are in stock yet, again yet at belligerentbees.com slash merch. Uh, <laughs> make, make, make this, uh, take this opportunity to go to belligerentbees.com slash merch uh, and buy a different shirt <laughs> in honor of Benny loving Andrew Chatfield. So whenever well, Andrew Chatfield does anything, whenever Andrew Chatfield does anything, listeners, viewers, people in the world, the 10 million people paying attention to this, um, <laughs> you have to hit up Benny on Twitter. Every time Andrew Chatfield does anything, <laughs> yes. anything at all, when Andrew Chatfield's name is mentioned by an announcer, you drink. That is the drinking game for this season. Wait, I do? Andrew Chatfield, everyone. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> But everyone, anywhere in the world, everyone who's not you has to hit you up and let them know and let you know that they're watching Andrew Chatfield do stuff. Make stuff do stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will say so. One of the other reasons, and I think one of the reasons that the shirt got made is because Andrew Chatfield is like, talk about someone who walks to the beat of of their own drum and just does them and is uh unapologetically themselves like little things about him like having the chain that has the jason mask on it like he's he's built his <laughs> persona around being spooky and i yeah, like that i that think it's cool it is really cool and what was Penny, when we were in primary college. weapon of choice oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> oh. Full circle. I now he's really my sound, favorite. What sound was that? Just kidding. 
Are you growling? It's third down. Be revenge. <laughs> Chainsaw. I was gonna say, Benny. I'm surprised that you like Spooky. Uh, I do love Drew Chatfield. I think that there, he's getting some recognition right now. Uh, you know, summertime recognition of somebody to watch. Um, yeah on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that's well-deserved. I think a lot of this season for him was tough because of the injury was probably, you know, new situation, new playbooks, new schemes, et cetera. And, um, and also facing new opponents like that run different types of offenses. And that, like, I think a lot of that made it tough for him. One to grab a lot of playing time, especially the injury side of things. And I think now he'll be very settled in. And he'll he'll take his spookiness to the field more frequently. But yes. I'm very surprised that uh, you like spooky because yeah, we used to we used to try to watch scary movies back in college, <laughs> uh, including our one trip to uh, a cemetery. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. when to, you to guys film. were trying to become the new ghost hunters. <laughs> well, kind of. We Not were also the higher filming. drunker ghost hunters. <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah. Filming what uh, maybe is a poorly named squirt video uh, in a cemetery, but <laughs> that's what it was. And it was, it, I think that scared you episode. for like five days, like at least five. Like, like we were home days afterwards and you're like, I know it was all fake. We just made it for the video, but I'm actually really scared <laughs> about being in our house right now. No one, no one listening this has enough context to understand <laughs> the social situation of Betty being scared about this. Yeah. So I remember you've, yeah. you've come a long and, way. I, I have. I embraced the spooky. And um, <laughs> yeah, man, I still don't do well with spooky movies. I just like spooky where they're they're spooky to the team that I want them to beat. Um, but you can do, that's what you want. You want a spooky defensive player. Like John Randall was a spooky defensive player. He was. He was. Yeah. He was also yeah. That's oh and, Andrew God, Chatfield is the John Randall of. They're similar of, body type. Yeah. Yeah. Similar demeanor. Um, and that, spooky. That's a good like. Like hold up butt. It's like you a player reminds you of like a hall of famer and you don't want to be the one that's like reaching and you're just like no but like certain things he does like it's like a callback so that's, yeah that's fair yeah. Um, hey i got I got to make a quick correction by the way i'm sorry i don't want to detract from drew chatfield but uh we talked about brinson and purdue and uh play the breaking news sound terry from your mouth like a beaver so this just in sources let us know uh that andrew brinson is no longer taking his official visit to purdue so he says that beaver nation has got nothing to worry about that's right there we go that's right there we go yeah lafayette and company you probably should have had better tacos you know, so I'll, I'll make this quick. I'll make this quick. But I was listening to radio up here in Seattle, and they were talking about um, sort of how the transfer portal has changed things a lot and now how um, it's not uncommon for uh, a recruit to commit to a school but still start visiting other schools and, like, what that would 
what that would feel like for the coach and the the team like uh, the team that he committed to where it's like all right but you're you're committed but like are you still looking around and so i think kids if you have a um a, a sort of a uh a pattern if you will of kids uh committing and then shutting down their recruiting like completely shutting it down i think that's a sign that your program is doing the right thing and not saying there's anything wrong with a kid continuing to look at all. Um, but I do think that that speaks maybe not volumes, but it says something about your program when people are just like, Oh, I like it so much. I'm not even going to look anywhere else. But yeah. We, I mean, we'll probably get into this in a second, uh, based upon our, our outline. We do but need like, to get into the lot, side of this, but there is, a, there's a, there's a lot to be said about, or a lot of, uh, chatter about NIL and collectives and yeah. all the likes. Um, and, and I think there's going to be a power struggle in the next like three to two, three, four years where players are going to decide what wins out. Is it going to be money to play or is it going to be culture to play? And mm -hmm. I don't know what that answer is. And I'm okay with both sides of it. I think that, right. Hey, Go get your bag. Like, and the reality will be somewhere in the middle, too. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, what's that kind of balance? Or, like, how much influence does culture have over money? How much influence does money have over poor culture? That's all to be determined. But I think you're right, Benny. I think that there's something um, that still maybe feels a little old school in a, in a way that I appreciate it, where some of these players commit. Uh, and they really fully commit to a program like Oregon State, like unbeknownst to them, what's going to happen with NIL? Yeah, and because because that's secondary to fit and culture, and and like I don't know if that's going to be the norm going forward. But so I'm going to appreciate that every every chance that I get for the time being, for sure, for sure. And Purdue's not like a Portland State, right? I mean, Purdue is a Big Ten school and so to say you know hey thanks but no thanks i'm you know i've made a commitment here that says a lot yep yeah yeah definitely good good update jp dynamite dropping this yeah the, the, the nice podcasting school we're all secretly is really paying off uh, <laughs> we do need we do new, need new to media communications a uh, I'll, I'll i'll call it a negative that uh, mm -hmm. is in the Oregon State circles right now. Uh, men's basketball assistant coach Tim Shelton is uh, leaving the program, uh, leave, leaving a decent amount of money on the table, uh, leaving his job as an assistant, um, and cited NIL specifically as uh, the reason for uh, his uh, decision. Now, we have not... Uh, talk talk to him at all and we we don't really have inside sources um we we chatted with our friends uh sam and oh Andy, i do uh, peyton years in the in the discord a bit and oh jp does everyone sorry yeah uh, <laughs> scoopy mcgee over there um but and there's no way to frame this positively there's if just different versions of bad of a coach leaving uh with essentially zero confidence uh, in the program uh, to be able to compete with the current landscape of where the sport is, uh, especially when there have been rising questions 
about Oregon State's men's basketball, Ben's basketball's ability to keep pace. So I think there's a lot of worried men's basketball fans out there. The, the three of us are certainly worried. Uh, I'm still kind of trying to make sense of it and feel like I can, needs additional context and think that more things about this will play out in the coming months, probably even years or whatever. But JP, what has sort of been your reaction to it and what's some of the stuff you've read and heard that might help uh, fans piece together like a more sort of comprehensive uh, understanding of the situation? I mean, I, I it's hard to take Coach Shelton's words out of context because I think it was they were very direct. And I know right. the quotes were pretty short and and I do trust Nick Dashell in his reporting. And I think that uh I don't think he was trying I don't think that Dashell has any sort of agenda against oh. Oregon State men's basketball. It was a very or, cut and dry story. <laughs> like Yeah, he may have he may have though reached for the for a story um and i don't and i don't know for sure but like the way that i look at it as like kind of what you were saying is we don't have all the details Mm -hmm. and we don't really know what else was said by coach shelton what i do know is that uh from my sources is that coach shelton is furious about the article um as are potentially other assistant coaches currently with Oregon state men's basketball, uh, and uh, well, not coaches, but staff in general, just, uh, not with the comments, not just with whatever, but just how it all, how it all has transpired and what the perception looks like publicly. Um, you have to imagine that damnation is not th- thrilled with, uh, look being looked at as if they have done nothing to retain some of our star athletes um, or really all athletes that are contributing positively to, to Oregon state. But there there's, when you really look at it straightforward, uh, it, it, did coach Shelton leave for what Colorado state and, and, and cite NIL as, as the biggest issue. And I know there have been, uh, Beaver basketball fans, men's basketball fans who have kind of clapped back with like, well, uh, this, this guy's going to Colorado state. There's no way they have the same NIL resources that Oregon state does. And, and if anything, it's even, I mean, that's maybe fair. Right. Uh, and that's why I don't think it's all about NIL. What I think is, was harmful for Oregon state is that that was what the article focused on. Um, and there might be some truth to it. I think there might be some truth to it. And I think that like, it's not just, it's not Oregon state. It's not damnation, uh, solely. Like none of this is based on all their squarely on their shoulders. A lot of it's on fans too. Like these collectives don't just like create money. (laughs) Like this isn't monopoly money. It comes from somewhere. There's a source to everything. And, and, and I don't think, I don't think that Beaver nation has, understood the uh, gravity of the urgency with NIL as much as other schools have with the same kind of um, like uh, speed to effort, right? Like I think other schools saw NIL and immediately, immediately were like, yeah, this is a good, easy way for us to get our athletes to stick around. 
And Oregon State yeah. has never really had to kind of go that route as a fan base. But now our athletes are playing in that playing field, and so so do the fans. And I think that that's where we might be a little slow to get on that train. But I don't know if it's on us either because I think that Oregon State did themselves dirty as a university. And I like I like damnation. I like what they're doing. But I think they did themselves dirty by by hitching their wagon to one collective that quickly. Not to say that damnation was the wrong choice by any means. I think that what they're doing is great. And like they're 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 clearly active. They've been doing stuff a lot recently, uh, the last few weeks as well. Um, but but that that I think gives uh, it gives fans a bit of pause to be like like what. Who am I getting in bed with here when I if I give them my money? And so I think we're behind. We're not lacking. We're not bad at NIL. I just think we're behind, and I think we've made a lot of missteps that uh, have contributed to that as a fan base providing you know funds to a collective. And that's where I think that Shelton is making his point is – like we're you can't get left behind in this kind of uh new environment of collegiate athletics yeah. like there's there's no clawing back there's no really rebuilding when you're established as a as a program or as a university with programs that takes care of their athletes like you don't that that, that stuff doesn't change unless like you know uh the, the Nvidia founder wants to all of a sudden donate like 500 million a year to an NIL collective. Like it isn't like a reversal reversal overnight. And so I get what he was saying. I don't like the look of even bringing it up though. On the flip side, I think it's a bad look to even torch your previous employer on the way out, whatever your job is, let alone one that you get interviewed on your uh, local regional media outlet and everything that gets quoted was probably presumably still quoted correctly, maybe even taken out of context, but that what was said was said. And I don't think that's a good look. I don't think it's fair um, to Oregon state or to Tinkle uh, or to damn nation because my last quick point is clearly something's working. Something is like, like Jordan Pope didn't leave. Why didn't he leave? Right. Why didn't he leave? Right? Glenn Taylor Jr. had planned to not leave and left for presumably NIL reasons, but also mm-hmm. to be closer to home is also a very viable reason. And no offense to the men's basketball program, I wouldn't be surprised if anyone wanted to leave after the last two seasons that we had. So, yeah. like, uh, it it isn't fair to anybody to have that article even come out. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's not a great look for the program. It's not a great look for the Oregonian. It's not a great look for Coach Shelton. Uh, and it honestly isn't a great look for uh, Beaver Nation. I think we got to do better. We got to do better. Do you think, and I know we're running low on time, but uh, and so maybe we dive into this next time. But just Quick thoughts on, do you think a school like Oregon State um, that maybe doesn't have the capital or alumni capital that that could be bringing in is like a a Michigan or Ohio State or Florida, um, where you're going to have to choose one sport to pour that 
money into so like pour it into football or pour it into men's basketball like those would be the two i think obvious sports where nil money is being funneled the most right now um do you think schools like oregon state are gonna have to pick one or the other i think that it comes down to something as simple as uh you you pay to where um it's kind of twofold you pay to where there's a need and you you pay to where there's momentum and it kind of sucks to say both because that like almost encapsulates everything but like if a team is on the rise right damian martinez obviously got a great offer through damnation collective to to ignore everything else on the market and he was mm-hmm. a very hot commodity on the market so mm-hmm. he sticks around it worked to to sustain momentum jordan pope is a key pivotal figure to a rebuild for men's basketball. Yeah. And you have to pay him so that that process can continue to happen. Uh, and so I don't know if you could pick a sport. I think you have to pick like a moment. You have to be like, where, where can I make the most impact right now? Does, does a football team need us to, to continue this momentum upswing or does, you know, men's basketball need us uh, to help like the resurgence, and and I think that's yeah. where NL is very interesting because it does help with the resurgence. It isn't on like hiring a new coach or firing your coach and bringing in a, di- a different name. It isn't the recruiting trails. It starts with NIL now. It yeah, starts with NIL. It really does. So yep. That I, I and I think if you're trying right at this point, if you're trying to put your money somewhere and you're a new contributor towards a uh, collective and. Damnation Collective specifically, I put it towards a rebuild versus something that has momentum because I think there are established people who are already boosting the programs one way or another that are now doing it through more legal terms that are already mm-hmm. taking care of uh, programs like football. Yeah, and he did say like Shelton, who is hadn't read the article or weren't aware he is the son of. Oregon State basketball great Lonnie Shelton. So this was a hire like inside the family, <laughs> like someone you know familiar with Oregon State and uh, the culture and history and everything. And he, what would to be fair to Dashell, a lot of things he said are in that article. But I, it, you're right, it is framed as an NIL issue, uh, and, and like that. Shelton would leave to be easier somewhere else, which it does not sound like is the case. That's also kind of a editorial thing. So um, I understand him being upset about the way he presented uh, his quote that sticks out to me is where he's like, thing is like sometimes like with these kids, it's like, man, is Oregon State going to get lapped before they even get in the race? And I think right now that just applies to men's basketball. Mm. And we've talked about this and we've talked about it and we've hammered it into oblivion. And I don't think we're any closer to figuring out that solution. Um, I don't necessarily think that's like sort of a one or the other when it comes to like football or men's basketball, Benny. Uh, But it is, it seems that that is in the position that we are in specifically right now. Yeah. And some really important, really intentional decisions need to be made about securing the longevity of a competitive program here and you know people transfer and leave for all kinds of reasons like you have to look at all those as a case-by-case basis like it's 
Oregon State doesn't automatically suck at NIL because Glenn Taylor Jr. left. Like you need to right. like there can you can identify patterns and stuff. And if people keep on leaving, then it's like, all right, what we have together isn't just working out. But not everyone is leaving because Oregon State doesn't know what the hell it's doing in the men's basketball landscape in regards to NIL. And right. I don't know. This is something if we got somehow got an hour long to just have a one on one with Scott Barnes. The only sport I would ask him about is men's basketball. That's the most challenging part of his job, and it's fascinating to me. And yeah, we've all spent a lot of time thinking about this. We all love the sport and love the team, and I just don't know what you do. Because even if you throw money at it, it still needs to be smart decisions used with that money. Like we see teams yeah. get into trouble all the time. You know, I think even though often it's a, a competitive program, but Texas A&M football has like the richest donors ever. <laughs> they went five and right. seven last year. And right. that's, you know, a, a lot of things came into fruition for that to happen. But like, if you like, if somehow like damnation had a billion dollar budget tomorrow, our, our problems aren't solved. Like uh, one of them is, yeah. Uh, but still the decisions need to be the right ones <laughs> down the line. And, uh, and it's like a big, a big problem would have been solved with that. I don't want to like diminish the the work that that the many people in fundraising right now are doing. But yeah, it's it's tough. It's that's why we always try not to be super reactionary with this kind of thing, because uh, it is it is complicated and it doesn't sound like Shelton leaving reading the article and knowing even knowing that even with everything that's just in the article that was all he said i don't think that's saying like oh this mountain west school has better nil resources for men's basketball than oregon state did so i think the landscape's different though the landscape is different the landscape's very different yeah so yeah you get like a cup you get a half a dozen donors colorado state uh that that's that's significant compared to who you're recruiting you know, against. Yeah. Sure. Expectations are different. Culture is different. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's not the Paris of the Pacific Northwest, but Fort Collins is pretty sweet. I can attest to that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great town. It's a great town. Um, just like if you want to get real sicko with it, like if you do a deep dive on like coaching trees, like a lot of really good coaches have gone through the, the Colorado State program. That's shocking because you don't really think Colorado State basketball immediately. But anyway, that's the last thing. I don't want to. I don't want to like drag this on too much. But I do want to. You have to. We have to point out the elephant in the room. Uh, one does Shelton see Colorado State as a stepping stone either for him to, you know, internally move into a head coaching role or uh, to get the right exposure to land a head coaching role elsewhere, but also B does he see the writing on the wall at Oregon state that he doesn't want to be uh part of that uh, yeah. exodus? And I don't know. I mean, who knows, but I'm just saying like something to consider. So definitely something to consider. It is fucking cruel that you use the term writing on the wall during the one time. I can't ask you to play five seconds of <laughs> by Stevie wonder because there is writing <laughs> on the wall. Uh, there is writing on the wall. We don't know what it says though. I think that's, the way that I'm going to continue to approach this and man, 
it feels hope, like hope we are right man that it feels like we're sort of in the darkest place for men's basketball that we have in a really long time uh certainly since the elite eight run well yeah (laughs) but i'm I'm, I'm gonna say it's insane to be in this place especially considering as our friends at the pay us all the time great always a great time to bring up that oregon state has gone to an elite eight more recently than arizona has (laughs) and that's still true that is still true true but but i it just seems like and I'm not saying that this program is in the same place as like Gary Anderson put the football program in. So don't take it out of context. But no. I do think the uh, the the same um, sort of feeling of despair where I, I the feeling um, that Shelton was quoted as saying uh, that Oregon State's at risk of getting lapped before they even start the race, that feel or that right. quote encapsulate feeling i think that a lot of beaver basketball fans are are feeling beaver men's basketball fans are feeling yeah for sure it's it's a pickle yeah it's a portland pickle. portland pickles hey Shout did you guys portland see what happened pickles. yesterday with the pickles no not to get no. off topic but let's get off topic so yesterday <laughs> they were down they were down like nine nothing or eight nothing or something they clawed back to tie the game and push it to extras in extra innings at like 11 p.m. as it was like in like the 12th inning, the sprinklers turned on on the field. <laughs> so then, no, no, then there's then there's a delay uh, until they can get them turned off and they resume play. And as they after they resume play for like an hour or so, the city turns off the lights. <laughs> on the field at 12 at 12 15 in the morning oh my god so their game was suspended wow. due to uh darkness in the city bell not having uh a permit to be loud after midnight <laughs> yeah i saw all the i saw a clip of all the players running around with their cell phone lights on in the outfield <laughs> yeah. and i was wondering what was going on but that makes sense yeah that's very shout out portland pickles yeah, very funny. And also on the front, we have to congratulate Messrs. Gavin Turley and Travis Bazana for being Woo. named third team All-Americans by the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association of America. And yeah. congrats. Maybe, maybe a little. Yeah, but also maybe a little bit of a snub. I Well, I feel like Turley... Turley's trajectory by the end of the season was just insane. And yeah, like right. the, 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 uh, body of work that Travis Bazana put together throughout the entirety of the year, uh, was just remarkable for a guy who really had, uh, the target on his back when it comes to, uh, being the top perform top returning performer to Oregon state baseball. Um, and I, I thought he delivered on that, promise and more yeah and so i do think that he he might have been more deserving even though the second team or higher but uh shout out both of them for just incredible seasons i'm glad that they were acknowledged in some fashion but uh i don't think that i don't think that they're going to be hoisting trophies for uh third team all-american i think that they're they're gunning for that top spot and both of them by the time it's all said and done we'll get it 
I agree. I agree. And other further shout outs. We do need to get out of here. Thank you all for sticking with us. All uh, 17 million trillion of you. Uh, we're, we're so tickled uh, to, to have such an audience live on YouTube for the first time, but also for the hundredth time. This past <laughs> weekend, Oregon State graduation. Congrats, all the graduates. Whether you got your official diploma or just walked to walk, uh, whatever. You did it. You did that. You're in your cap and gown. Uh, hopefully you had, you know, one, two, 11, 12 mimosas uh, <laughs> on the <laughs> lawn uh, and had a great moment with your friends and your family. And special shout outs, of course, to belligerent beefs, athlete and graduates, Maddie Dagan and Ryan Brown. Let's go. So amazing to work yeah. with both Hell of yeah. you. Obviously, we're not, not saying farewell because, you know, you're in the blam forever. But can't wait to see everything that y'all accomplish. And working with you uh, has been a highlight of, of this silly little show that we started for silly little reasons. Um, <laughs> so thank you and congratulations uh, to both of you and to also all, all the class of 2023. It's 2023. And your college it's graduates 2023. of the best university on the planet. The Harvard of the Pac-12. The Paris of the Pacific Northwest. Oregon State University, for Woo! gosh sakes. I think it was the 158th graduating class or something like that. That's Which wow. makes sense. Wrong. 1868 plus 100. It said 100. It would be 1960. Well, I guess. There I, well, be I, I'm only going off of what I saw. Year. Okay. Well, <laughs> it would be the 125th. Oh my god. Math, no, baby. wait. No. no 155th. No. It would be 155th. Yeah. I uh, whatever it was, I was trying to do the math, math back to mine and I was like, "Oh, we had a very insignificant number for I our can't, I can't wait class. to go back and watch this uh this part of the video where we bring up the math on the graduating class and all of us do this. <laughs> <laughs> how many wow Uh, all right anything else before we get out of here boys um no happy father's day to all the dads in the beaver fam keep up all the great work on my flight today when we landed they're like sign off they wished everyone on the flight a happy father's day and they said to all all the dads out there all the grandpas out there and all the future dads out there well i'm like i feel like that that's undeserved praise. Like you, you haven't. Yeah, we don't know how yet. they'll perform. You didn't stand exactly. up and say thank you. Thank. You. As a future I dad, I, I appreciate I it. <laughs> they were probably mad that no one clapped when you landed, so they had to try to get as many applause as possible. <laughs> Do people clap on flights when they land? I don't that's, know. I've heard this. When they're scared on Reddit. Flights, when they're when they're nerve inducing uh, flights. I guess that's yeah. That makes sense. Anyway. Yeah. Thank you, Beaver fam, for being with us from episode one to 100 uh, and for joining us on this journey as we made our, our dreams come true tonight. Guys, being live on It made YouTube, Benny fall asleep. It made Benny fall asleep. It's that, it's that joint. This is something, it's weird when, you, when your dream comes true for something that you've been dreaming about, but you didn't know it really existed in like until that long ago. Like I, we've all been dreaming of this moment in our mid-30s 
since earlier in our mid thirties. Like that's how long <laughs> we've been dreaming of this. Um, and to see that those dreams manifest in reality, it's really a thrill. Uh, thank you to everyone who has listened to the show, everyone who has uh, given the show a five-star review, everyone who has subscribed, everyone who has bought merch from belligerentbeefs.com slash merch, and everyone who has shared the show. Do us a favor and do all those things again right now. Remember, one, two, three, four, five stars only, please, wherever you get your podcast. For the Belligerent Beeves, I am Terry Horseman at Terry Horseman on Twitter and at Sir Terrence Horseman on Instagram. There's no sir. There is no sir, but whatever. It's but it sounds better. Forward. It does sound better <laughs> like that. I'm going to get knighted one day. To, to all the current and future knights out there, we thank you for your <laughs> Happy night day. Thank you. Yeah, give give me a hello if, if, you, if you wish to. Happy um, night day. And my, 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 my perfectly quaffed friend in Tacoma, Washington, Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Weehage. He is Benny with the good quaff. Benny Bedlam, because he's fucking crazy, folks. Benny Bullgame. Uh, Benny Burner. Benny Blastoff. Uh, Benny smoked the appropriate amount of weed to give a really good performance on the episode today. That, that makes me more sick, but <laughs> thank yeah. you. Good job. Good job. I like it. Thank you. And and the Podfather himself in Portland, drink it, drinking beers with really cool Smokey the Bear on them. It's JP Bertram <laughs> at JP Bertram on Instagram and at the Trill J on Twitter. That's at the underscore Trill underscore J because he's too Trill to be real. And follow the show. This is written on the screen. So it's ridiculous that I'm saying it, but you know, <laughs> we're covering all of our bases at Belige Beeves on Twitter, at Belligerent Beeves on Instagram, at Belligerent Beeves on MySpace in your top eight on your page and in your hearts. Next uh, to Tom. Friend, Friendster, Macedon. Yeah, we chilling with Tom. Ahead of Tom. Uh, yeah, Tom. Thank you so much for riding with us uh, from the first episode and in, through this episode while we tried something new. Uh, Going to be a little bit of a break uh, from us as we r r get the yawns out of our system, uh, nap, put some ice and, on my uh, between my legs, yeah, and, and watch film, uh, lots of film for every single. So we come back super informed. Uh, we'll still be. We'll still be. And by that, it's so, just so. six. 19 straight reruns of the 2013 or 2022 civil war. <laughs> what year is it? Where am I? Doesn't matter what many, it doesn't matter what year it was. You just have to remember Oregon state ran the ball 19 times in a row <laughs> and not a duck anywhere in Corvallis, Eugene or anywhere in Oregon could say, go, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Yeah, burn your, burn your you make it again. It just says 19 straight. <laughs> That'd be a good next t shirt. All right, uh, thank you for everyone who tuned in and stick with us for the next two hours as we brainstorm shirt ideas. <laughs> thank you again. It's this show is so dumb but so fun and so meaningful to all of us. And we just are so that so many of you enjoy it. Uh, we should have thanked a thousand million billion people on the crawl, but uh, you know, hundred for a hundred seemed seemed enough. So 
um thank you again for rocking with us we'll be back soon we'll still be on social and stuff like just because there won't be an episode for like a month or so but like we'll we're still here and if something breaks then we'll have an emergency video but until next time until episode 101 where we might restart and do some crazy shit see you again <laughs> so long farewell remember remember no matter what you can't spell chap them so chop them chop them chop them and bring back bernice and we made it to a hundred Woo! <laughs>